Welcome to Jammin' with Jason Mefford, a show where we discuss topics relevant to chief audit executives and professionals in audit, risk, and compliance. We discuss the technical and soft skills needed to navigate the minefields of organizations. You hear best practices and practical advice for helping you advance your career, and we'll even talk about music, mindfulness, and psychology, because we can. So sit back and relax while you listen to the number one podcast in the world for internal auditors, unscripted and unedited. Welcome to another edition of Jamming with Jason. Hey, uh, I am excited to be back with you today talking about a couple of words uh, that I hear auditors use incorrectly all the time. And those two words are independence and objectivity. And, uh, you know, even though the standards describe internal audit as being independent and objective, here's the truth. Very few internal audit functions are truly independent. And uh, as we get through, go through the episode, I'll explain what that means. Um, but even though we may not be completely independent, we do have to remain objective. Okay, and uh, because the problem is, um, you know, having a lack of objectivity, you know, it, it, it won't literally kill you like the, the, the title of today's episode uh, talks about, but it definitely can get you fired. And so uh, I'm going to go through and talk a little bit about both of these concepts and talk about some things uh, because there, there's been some things in the news lately uh, that made me think about this. Now, before we end up getting into that, uh, I just wanted to uh, remind you we're only one week away from the IIA International Conference here in Anaheim. And I say here in Anaheim because I live just a few miles down the road uh, from, where the, from where the conference is happening this year. So if you're going to be at International Conference, make sure to find me. Uh, because I would love to shake your hand and get to know you in person. So if you want to be able to find where I am, look for the guy with the hat. Um, I always wear a hat, and so uh, you'll be able to see there, there won't be very many of us actually wearing a hat, and I'll probably be, be wearing a fedora, so I'll stand out even more. And uh, make sure to come up, introduce yourself, um, because I'd love to meet you. Now, if you don't see me uh, during the conference, because I'll be moving around a little bit, um, a lot of the time I will be in the exhibit area uh, hanging out with my friends at Unified Compliance. So uh, if you're in the exhibit area, uh, make sure to stop by that booth. Again, that's Unified Compliance. They'll have a booth uh, there in the exhibit area, and I'll be there uh, helping them out uh, during the conference. Now, also, another opportunity to connect with me is I am doing a breakout session on Tuesday afternoon. So it's Tuesday afternoon. It's the slot from 1245 to 145. Uh, so look on your program and see it's, it's the uh, session called How to Become a More Mindful and Emotionally Intelligent Leader. So I'll be leading that breakout session as well. Uh, so if, if those are topics that interest you and I hope they do because it's actually two of the soft skills uh, that as internal auditors we really need to be focusing on uh, in order to be effective in our teams, uh, but also with our stakeholders. 
Uh, so again, those are a couple of different uh, options and ways that you can find me. Uh, so if you're going to be there at International Conference, let's make sure and get together. Okay, so let's get back to our topic of the day, which is independence and objectivity. And I said at the beginning that those are two words that I see uh, or hear auditors misuse all the time. And so to begin with, I just want to set the stage a little bit and explain what those two words actually mean. Okay, and so independence, another word to think of is freedom. So independence, you can think freedom. Objectivity, you think unbiased. And so let me, let me pack, uh, unpack that a little bit more and explain what that means. So independence means that you have freedom or that the internal audit function, activity, department, whatever you want to call it, has freedom to be able to perform the assurance work that they need to do. And so in that, there, there's a couple of ways to know whether you're independent. And again, this, this kind of goes back to some of the stuff that's in the standards and practice guides and other stuff like that as well. Um, but, but really what it means is that you are free to choose the areas that you're going to audit. So you are free to decide what is on the audit plan, what actually gets audited. You are free in order to be able to design and perform the test work uh, as you think it should be done. You are free in order to come to conclusions based on the evidence of that work uh, in a professional manner, and that you are free to report on those things as you believe should be reported. So, so that's really kind of what it means to be independent. Now, the function itself to determine if the function is actually independent is a lot of times based on who internal audit reports to. And it's not so much about the person or the level, but again, if, if you have the freedom to do those things uh, that I just mentioned, okay? You're free to decide uh, which areas to audit, how you're going to audit it, how you're going to conclude on it, how you're actually going to report and present on that information. Now, some of the things to help in determining that, that this function of internal audit is actually free or independent, uh, some of that is based on the reporting nature. So if internal audit reports functionally to the board and administratively to another executive in the organization, it's usually considered to be independent because you have that, that unrestricted access to the board. But let me give you some practical things around this. Because like I said, even though on paper, you know, you say that you report functionally to the audit committee and administratively to an executive, let me explain actually what that means. And this is why I say that most internal audit departments are not truly independent. So the way that you describe functional reporting is, you know, again, that you would you would functionally report to or that you would provide updates to the board or the audit committee. Um, but included in functional reporting as well are things around the annual review of the chief audit executive, compensation, hiring and firing decisions of the chief audit executive. So in order to truly report functionally to the board, 
the board should also, or I say board, but it could be an audit committee as well, board or audit committee, depending on your organization. But that that group is the one who is responsible for hiring and firing the chief audit executive, for determining or setting his or her compensation, for performing the annual review of the chief audit executive. Now, like I said, in most organizations, that does not happen. You might meet with the board quarterly, but usually it's the executive or the administrative side uh, that actually determines the compensation, that hires and fires the executive, uh, and, and does the performance evaluation. And so here's why if the board or audit committee is not doing those things that you're truly not independent. And the reason for that is if you do something that the executive you report to does not like, they have the means of being able to negatively impact your performance evaluation, to potentially fire you, as well as to lower your compensation or to mess around with your compensation, again, if they don't like what you are doing. And so because of that, because they have that pressure, because they have that power over the chief audit executive, most of the time the chief audit executive is not truly independent in the way that the standards and other, other information from the IA talks about. Now, that's okay. All right, so, so first off, let me, let me tell you that. It's okay if you are not truly independent. It would be wonderful and the best if you are, but if you are not, that's okay. Giving up some of your independence and being able to, to work at the organization and still you know, do good work, even if it may be directed a little bit uh, by the executives, that's okay, all right? Because that's the reality that most of us actually live in. So that's about independence. Now let me talk about objectivity. Objectivity is about being unbiased, okay? So, so what does that mean? It means that as we are performing our work, as we are um, reporting and providing conclusions on what we have done, that we are unbiased in that. We don't have any conflicts of interest. And so, so the reality is the conclusions that we give, the way we report on it, we don't have any skin in the game. We don't have any conflicts of interest. And so because of that, that establishes a reputation for internal audit that means, hey, <clears throat> because they're outside of the function that they're auditing, they don't, they don't have any, any, anything in the game. And so what they're saying is, is truly objective and the things that probably need to be said. And so, so that is something that we have complete control over as auditors, okay? And so because of that, obviously there are some things that we do in the nature of our work um, by having, you know, for example, one person performing the work, someone else reviewing it. The fact that someone else is reviewing it helps increase the level of objectivity because again, now two people would have to be biased uh, in the results. And so that's why we go through some of the things with um, in the review process as an example. Okay. Um, some other things that you might do in the, in the objectivity area is if someone in the audit department has worked in a particular part of the company before that person normally doesn't go and audit that area. 
Why? Because they may actually be auditing their own work or they may be auditing their friends or other people that they have worked with before. And so normally you would not put those people on that particular engagement uh, because you, you want to make sure that, again, the work is done in an objective manner. And so there's little mechanisms and other things like that that are usually put, put in place in the organization uh, in, in the internal audit department to help make sure that we stay independent or that we stay objective. See, there I go. I'm, I'm even using the wrong word, right? Independence is freedom. Objectivity is unbiased. So here's, here's where the issue sometimes comes in. And like I said, I, I saw some information in the news about this. Um, and every so often you, you see this. As we move further up in the organization, right, we have to be more concerned about our objectivity. And so as a chief audit executive, you have to be very diligent in making sure that nothing you do appears to be biased or that there could be any bias in the work in which you do. Now, what that means is sometimes as a chief audit executive, it's a lonely place. So let me give you a couple of examples from my career because uh, I've been a chief audit executive twice. I've gone through this myself. So I had to, for example, make the personal choice not to have close friendships with other executives in my organization right? I chose not to go out to lunch every week with certain executives, right? Because again, even though I was friendly with them, I did not want others in the organization to think, oh, well, Jason goes out with the head of HR every Friday for lunch. So if we were to do an audit in HR, that someone else could say, hmm, I wonder if that audit was really done well, because Jason's friends with the head of HR. Okay, so you're starting to see what I'm, what, I'm, what I'm saying here, is objectivity can actually be perceived by someone else, but it is also what we, in, in our mental mindset, making sure that we don't have conflicts or other stuff like that as well. So I did not want to do anything that would be perceived as, as limiting my objectivity. Okay, as well. And so I chose, like I said, not to have, you know, close friend relationships with other executives in the organization, even though all the other executives in my organization were doing that. They were going out to lunch all the time. They were having dinners with their, you know, their spouses and significant others together as groups all the time. I chose not to do that because I did not want to be perceived as having an objectivity issue. Now, also, you know, there's other things that we can do personally as well. If I would have accepted gifts or significant gifts from other people or favors or other things like that, then again, the problem is I may actually be limiting my objectivity because I think, well, you know, Bob is a nice guy. He gave me a set of golf clubs, right? And so if I receive that, again, there can be a perceived objectivity issue if other people know that Bob has given me a set of golf clubs, but I also may have an internal uh, issue with that of thinking, yeah, Bob's a really nice guy. And so if I find something that I should report on, I may not get Bob in trouble, right? If you want to use that, that kind of term, which is kind of crazy, but um, 
because I like Bob, right? And so objectivity really comes back to a lot of kind of the personal mindset and the fact that we are able to kind of separate ourselves from our work and do so in a professional manner. Now, why am I bringing this up, right? Because again, it seems like, well, if you get to that position, it should be obvious, right? Here's the reality though, we're all humans. And so sometimes we end up making mistakes. And as I said, kind of from the beginning, you know, we can give up a little bit in our independence and still be able to do a good job. But if you give up on your objectivity or you do some things that you should not do, and as a result of that, maybe, you know, don't report things the way you should from an objectivity standpoint, those are the kinds of things that can actually get you fired. And, and, and here's a real life example that I just read uh, in the last week or two. There was a chief audit executive. Uh, and, and, and again, sometimes in the public sector space, when you do things, it makes the news. Okay, so, so for chief audit executives, especially in the public sector space, uh, you have to know that you know, your reports, when you issue a report, it could end up in the newspaper. When you do something right or wrong, you could end up in the newspaper as well. And this is actually what happened, is that, um, you know, again, this person had worked at that organization for a long time and had a romantic relationship with another executive in the organization. Now, there's nothing, nothing wrong with that. I mean, that happens a lot of times where, especially if you've been with an organization for a while, uh, you may end up having relatives or a romantic relationship or spouse or someone else who potentially works at that organization, especially if it's a larger organization or you're certain you're, you know, sometimes geographically uh, challenged in certain areas where, <coughs> excuse me, you may have, you know, different relatives that are actually working at the organization. But here was the problem the chief audit executive who had this romantic relationship with another executive chose to do an audit in that area. And so they issued a report or an audit about that other person's uh, area of responsibility. And so the problem was, again, maybe even in, in, in fact, you know, maybe everything was done exactly the right way but the fact that it was done with, over a group where you have a romantic relationship with the person running that group, you should never, never, ever do that, right? Uh, because again, even if you do everything right, there is the perception that others could have that you didn't do the best job because you didn't want to get that person in trouble. And so again, you know, romantic relationship, relatives, spouse, any of those kind of things, you don't want to go in that area. So instead, that chief audit executive should have said, you know what, if we need to audit that area, we need to hire someone else from the outside. And in fact, at that point, um, you know, you should probably talk about that with the board and have the board be the one who actually hires the third party to perform the work in that area and report directly back to the board. Because anything that goes back through that chief audit executive is going to be suspect by other people. 
Now, again, I don't know all of the facts and circumstances in this, but um, that, that relate to it. But again, someone uh, felt that this was a problem. They did an investigation, and the conclusion of the investigation was that yes, the person was probably not objective. There were certain things that were overlooked. There were certain things that were not included in the final report. And what do you suppose happened to the chief audit executive? Right? They ended up without a job. So, you know, again, independence and objectivity, make sure that you're talking about them in, in the right term, that you're actually thinking about them uh, uh, properly and you're not mixing up those terms because I hear people mixing up the terms all the time. Independence is about freedom. Objectivity is about being unbiased and not having any conflicts. Uh, both are important for us as internal auditors, but again, we can give up a little independence and still be objective and add value to our organization, but you've really got to be diligent about the objectivity side. You cannot afford right, to let any of the objectivity issues go. It may not literally kill you, um, but especially if you're at a higher level, it can definitely uh, get you fired. And that's not what we're going for here. That's why we're talking, my friends, because I don't want any of you uh, to end up in that same sort of situation. So, all right, with that, I think we're going to wrap up uh, for the week, and uh, I will talk to you next week. Uh, but go out and uh, have a great rest of your week, and I will see you on a future episode of Jammin' with Jason. And that's a wrap. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Jamming with Jason. Keep on rocking in the audit world. Have a great rest of your day, and I'll catch you later on the next show. If you'd like to earn continuing professional education for listening to today's episode, head on over to C-Risk Academy at ondemand.criskacademy.com. And that's C as in the letter C, riskacademy.com. Not only do you get a CPE certificate, but you also will have access to the video version of today's show. The views and opinions expressed on this show are that of the individuals and not of their respective organizations.